Hello and welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined by Johnny. Yo. Johnny, how you doing, bud? I'm good. We're good. Yeah. We're all good. <laughs> um, I'm if looking shop. You all look at shop. Yeah. I, I didn't know it was dress up day. I'm looking like a point Dexter. Man, if I had known, I would have. I would have done that. <laughs> I hate the way I look. That's all right. I have to go to work in a shirt and tie, and it's just, yeah, yeah it kind of yeah. sinks. Uh, but anyway, if this is your first time listening, this is the show from Switch RPG, where, you bring, where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, we're talking about um, Kickstarter Syndrome, I'm going to call it. Kickstarter Syndrome. I'm calling it Kickstarter Syndrome. Uh, I would call it, like, Kickstarter hijacking. Kickstarter hijacking. Hij- We'll figure out the terminology. It's hijacking. Uh, whatever it is. Um, and also, just platinum. We're talking about platinum. Uh, that's a lot of what we're talking about. And they're hijacking. And they're hijacking. <laughs> um, and a lot more. Um, so, but first, what, we're not going to get into what you were playing. What? Why not? Because we have some housekeeping. We, we gotta, do have housekeeping. we got to clean up the house. Um, Segment zero. And like computers, we all... Start counting at zero. We're all zeros and ones, buddy. Um, So, yes, again, don't forget to join our Discord, discord discord.switchrpg.com. We have tons of channels there, a lot going on. Uh, People talking about Nintendo Switch, RPGs, RPGs in general. Actually, we talk about all games there. Uh, Nobody is left out. So, please join our Discord as well as our Twitter, uh, SwitchRPG. And we do have stuff for sale if you're interested. We have some Switch RPG merch at shop dot switch rpg.com i think anyway um on our discord we also had a scale boy ama this past weekend went very well um went about an hour long um the scale boy scale boy yes is that what i it sounded like you said scale 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 boy scale boy scale boy uh uh, developers Umaiki Games, I think they're from Germany. Uh, they there was a quite a few developers uh, had a really good time. It was a li- it's a little uh, different because they're on a totally different time zone. So it was during the afternoon, yeah, uh, rather than during the evening hours. How, how did it go? Or did they give some good responses? Yes, very good responses. A lot of newcomers to the Discord coming in to uh, you know to ask their questions. And typically, my question is always first. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is and it's always is the uh, opener i always get the opener and it's always is zelda breath of the wild an rpg and it's always funny uh to get the responses because there are some who say yes it is and then yeah. there's some that say no it, and those are wrong they're not wrong uh because Per schneider from ign said it's not so uh. what does he know anyway uh Skellboy, Went really, really well. I am trying to work our next AMA, um, so we'll see how it goes. It's a little difficult because they're from Australia, and um, Ooh. yeah, so that'll... I think I know who they are. I don't think you do. I think I do. All right. Does well, it involve bugs? I'm not going to say anything. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, this is normally the segment where we thank our patrons, and I do want to thank them all, but here's the thing. We are no longer do a Patreon anymore. Uh, we're at the point where we can do their website and everything without the need for Patreons. Uh, so, but we want to thank all patrons from the past. Um, thank you all so very, very much. Yes, two, four thumbs up, four thumbs up. Um, without you guys, uh, a lot would uh, be not be accomplished. So we want to thank you all. Uh, a lot of them were there from the start, so it's really nice to uh, to to see that. And and yeah, it was excellent. Um, also, some more. I guess this is not really housekeeping type of stuff. We are preparing. 
Well, I am. Um, we are. We are. <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> yes, for yeah, right. Uh, we're preparing for PAX East uh, coming up at the end of this month. Yeah. Uh, so we're going through a lot of scheduling type of stuff. Um, we are hoping to maybe do a live or at least a recorded podcast there. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to do that. Also, Evan uh, from the site is also going to be there. So we're going to have a little bit of a Switch RPG presence there. So um, And also, but before... PAX East 2020, uh, you and I are also going to do kind of a, a field trip. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It's wrong because you confused me on this. Uh, Boston Fig. Oh, yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Boston Fig was supposed to be, I think, the week before PAX East. Look, everyone got confused on this. <laughs> <laughs> because their main website yeah. it has not been changed. Like These people work with computers, I would think. Uh, they should know to change their stuff. Uh, so it really confused people. Yeah. Um, apparently, Boston Fig is a... Um, if, do you want to describe what that is? Sure. So there's... Uh, it's There is this larger collective in the, Bo- the greater Boston area, kind of New England, but not, not entirely New England. It's mostly Massachusetts mm-hmm. based, but it does uh, involve people in like Maine, New Hampshire, and stuff like that, uh, called the Boston Indies, and it's a group of indie game developers. Uh, there's other subgroups. There's like the Boston Postmortem, uh, and there's Boston Fig, and we all, and there's also uh, Women in Gamings. Um, there's a Boston division for that, uh, and we all sort of, you know, intermingle with one another. Uh, and one of these interminglings is, uh, Boston Fig hosts this sort of like developer convention. So think of it like GDC, but for Boston based indie developers, it's kind of like that. And they have, uh, people, uh, various professionals, they'll do like talks, they'll do like, uh, lunch and learn stuff. Uh, and they talk about all sorts of things like business and coding and art and like being a product manager, all sorts of weird, cool stuff like just that. different aspects involved in uh, game making. In game making, and it's not just video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they have branched out. Um, I don't know when, probably for a few years now at the least, or maybe since ever. Uh, certainly, Boston Fig. They've always incorporated. Uh, physical games so board gaming and stuff like that uh so yeah yep so they now do they were they're doing digital and analog right now so yeah and the once again the fig stuff has been analog for quite a long mm-hmm. time probably way more than than just a couple of years but uh th- there are other as i said there are other divisions that are specifically for gaming there's others that are specifically for like the uh there's the game makers guild boston section right. that is specifically for analog uh, game development so right and, and the whole reason why i brought this up is because we were supposed we're we're going to it and it was going to be the week prior to pax east and it's now um i think may. Uh, first week in may first week in may so yep. um we'll be hitting on that at some point yep. um and the goal is to pretty much interview developers yep. potentially have them show off stuff uh i covered a boston fig talks uh event uh, probably about two or three years ago uh when i was working at the geek down and i interviewed a, bun- a bunch of developers got to see a bunch of interesting games there's videos uh that we had on youtube at some point that you could have seen at some point but those are now gone uh, <laughs> so we're probably reason. gonna recreate that uh sort of experience and it was pretty cool because i saw some cool looking games right and obviously we'll try and keep it you know uh tuned down to nintendo switch type of rpgs so Uh, but a heads up 
most of these games, almost all the games, are developed on PC first. Pretty right. much. And especially if it's indie, right. they're going to be developed on indie first. And more, most likely or not, <laughs> it'll if they can put it on Switch, they want to put it on Switch. I did, um, I did look back and see some of the uh, Boston indie uh, games. And there yeah. were actually a lot of them that are already on the Switch now. Yeah, uh, uh 20 uh row the 20 xx game that is a boston indie developed game uh hit pc first many years ago and is on switch right like that's just one example off the top of my i saw killer uh killer queen black uh well yeah but they're not not boston they're not boston but they were there uh, so I mean that's not an RPG, but there are uh, there were other RPGs that I looked on the list and and they're you know they're rearing i bet to be on the switch so yeah yeah gonna be cool gonna be really cool uh so yeah what are you playing uh so i uh finished the outer world of course you did yeah I what did. a what it would it be like <laughs> if i didn't have the kids <laughs> <laughs> i i just can't sit down uh long enough uh yeah. To, to get this the stuff that I want to accomplish. But I do get a lot of gaming and considering, you know, I do have two kids and, and a wife that hogs up all, a lot of my time. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, The Outer Worlds, what'd, what'd you think? So I was very thorough going through the various areas. Uh, the first planet was at Terra um, with, with the, the Veil area. Mm-hmm. Um, being very thorough there being very thorough at the Groundbreaker, being very thorough when you revisit certain areas of Terra Terra 2. And I was also very thorough on Monarch, just like trying to resolve all the side quests and stuff like that. I was being pretty thorough. But at some point in Monarch, uh, it just felt like... It's more of a chore. Well, it was a failure of the combat system, progression system, and RPG mechanics of the game that that were related to uh, promotion of combat and dis- and sort of um, discoverability or or, um, or adventuring. That whole side of it. Now, the dialogue side of the RPG mechanics is solid, good stuff, uh, but sort of. The drive to explore new areas, to discover new things, to engage in combat with creatures and stuff like that. Uh, it just became super samey and and non-challenging um, and not engaging enough. The, the combat scenarios didn't really change up all that much. Right. Uh, if, if at all, uh, the wep- you weren't getting new weapon types. The, the loot the loot system is like a huge flaw uh, in my eyes. It's just a very poorly done, poorly balanced, uninteresting. It works, but it's very uninteresting in how it works for mm-hmm. the for the loot system. Uh, so it just turned into. Uh, by the time I got to the end of Monarch, I'm like, all right, I think I had my fill of this game. Let's complete it. So from you know after you finish the main quest line of Monarch, uh, I kind of beelined for the most part to beat the game mm-hmm. uh and that's pretty much what i did i beat the game yep that's kind of how i felt as well yeah. um it felt really uh repetitive towards i would say almost the midway point it was really um kind of repetitive but you're right that the the uh dialogues options um the 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 characters were interesting so it did have a lot of positives yeah. i i think but you know Maybe the next iteration they can kind of work out some of those. 
yeah. little things. And I, I do like uh, some of the ending storyline segments were poorly done, but serviceable. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, overall, it was good. And you could tell when you get to the ending, there's multiple endings in the game. And the endings are based on what you did in the game and what quest lines you progress through. Uh, and that's cool. So it means that the final ending, because you're getting a big picture synopsis of multiple facets and multiple angles of of the re- of the result, the state of the world, you know, X number of years later. And all that's cool. I, I, I like that they did it. It's not special, but it but the fact that they did put it in there and they were thorough enough for that. I mean, if you've played Fire Emblem, you got this type of ending system mm-hmm. already. Uh, you you kind of know what to expect, right? You either have a party member that died and can no longer give you an extra excerpt in the, the final ending, or they're still alive and you get some new details about some new angle in mm-hmm. there. That's like Fire Emblem and, uh, endgame stuff. So this one kind of had that. Um, so yeah, it was good. It was satisfying. It it If you go at it from scratching that Fallout Elder Scrolls futuristic itch it's it scratches it pretty good but i will say it's not worth doing everything especially if if, it, if it's your jam do everything yeah i mean if it's your jam you're probably gonna do everything yeah, do everything but if you're kind of getting a little tired over and if it's feeling samey samey beeline and beat it like mm-hmm. don't don't let it linger because it's gonna be that it's not gonna change its formula <laughs> no. at all and it doesn't yeah it definitely uh, doesn't um, but yeah, what, what else you got? I see, I see a few things on the list here. Yeah, still playing Radiant Historia, mm-hmm. uh, Smash Ultimate, um, and the Banna Saga. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the Banna Saga is, uh, starting to pick up. The Banna Saga? Banner Saga. Banna. That's, that's just your New England yeah, coming out. That's New England. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I, I guess, so in the, in the Banner Saga, the, um... I, I don't know if this maybe I did something wrong or maybe I missed something in the story, but like the f- initial group that you're with, they're now gone. Disbanded. Now I'm with another group. <laughs> did you do something of consequence? I, I don't remember. Well, like apparently like this important person died. Uh-huh. I don't want to say who in with, with the first <laughs> initial group I was with. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, here's this other group, like this completely different, it like the map, it shows you the world map and it moves to a different part of the world. And now I'm like with a totally different group. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's going to be the main focus of the game is with that group. Cause I played with them for a little bit. I'm like, oh, it's not switching back. What happened? (laughs) What did I do? What did I do? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a possibility that they're dead or uh, maybe that's how the story goes. I, I didn't get that far. So I didn't, however far you are. You're already further than I was. Okay. It it start the game's starting now to make a little bit of sense, but man, it's uh it has a very rough opening. It's a that, slow. Well it's just not polished in mm. presentation. And, and like I, I think I said this last time, um Banner Saga uh two is better than one and then three is better than yeah. two. Uh, that's the general consensus. So they do improve on on things. Yeah, it's, it's just it's a little rough to get into. It doesn't explain itself very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It tries. It yeah. tries. Uh, so that's what I've been playing. 
What have you not oh. been playing? Oh, well, no. oh, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Don't do you don't don't do Divinity. it. Divinity. Don't even you said it. I I'm done with it. No, I'm not. No, I've been playing that game. I know you've been playing. I saw you playing it. <laughs> I'm always I'm always on playing. Switch. You know what? I uh, man, I can't tell you. I absolutely love that game. I I, I I say it all the time. I can't glow enough about that game. Anyway, uh, yeah, Divinity Original Sin Two. Ember. I'm playing uh, uh, still. Um, and I picked up Thronebreaker: The Witcher Tales. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thronebreaker: The Witcher Tales. If you're not familiar, is um, kind of a, it's a spinoff of The Witcher Three. Yeah. And in a spinoff, meaning it's something very, 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 very different. Yeah. Uh, set in the ca- same world. This uh, is not like third person. No, 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 it no. It's a third person view, but it's, it's a nice, yeah, it's a nice isometric view. It's got a very, very, very uh, unique art style uh, that I absolutely love. Um, but it is uh, focused around story and the story is done very very well as what your games are right and 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 <laughs> you're, not, you're not explaining it no 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 in it, a way I, it deviates i mean it could it, it, <laughs> yes i will explain how it deviates i i will get to that um but i think what's important though is that the story it's i i think i'm about maybe four or five hours into this 30 hour game this is a very it's a longer game than what i thought it was gonna be oh i thought you just picked it up you actually played a decent amount yeah no oh, no, okay. no no i've been playing All um right. because I'm, I'm trying to re- and i'll tell you why i'm really trying to figure things out you took a break from divinity yeah no 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 <laughs> not true not true um but anyway uh it is very story heavy and Geralt isn't in it yet your 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 main character as is right now is uh queen meave um, and if you're familiar with the book, she is also in the books. She's not in the series, um, but the video game series. Yes, 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 yes. She's not, or, or the uh, television series. Well, she might be in uh, Witcher One or Two. I've never, honestly, I've never played Witcher One or Two. I played a little bit of Witcher One. That's it. It's a possibility she may be in one or uh, one or two. She's definitely not in three, and she's also not in the television series. But she's definitely in the books because I've read it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be one of those book snobs for a second. Anyway, um, so it's got a very unique art style. It's got a uh, it's very story heavy. Now, okay, it does have the combat system is it's not Gwent. It's Gwenty. It's Gwenty. <laughs> it is very Gwenty because I went in thinking, all right, I know Gwent. I um, I'm familiar with Gwent because I played a lot of Gwent for some strange reason in The Witcher Three. Yeah. I know Gwent. I can figure this out. You're duped. I was duped, and it was more of the Xbox achievement system that really got me hooked on it. To be to be uh, perfectly honest, uh, so I can figure this out. So I get into my first challenge. You know, it, the tutorials are perfect. They explain everything great, and I'm like, wait a minute. It's been a while since I played Gwent. Yeah. I don't remember any of this stuff. It's different. It, it it doesn't it doesn't have your three uh, your three lines each. It has two lines. Um, it's got really kind of unique animations. Um, it's got like playing out stuff that happens in the game, right? For affects the the Gwent card. Combat. Right, the, the, the uh, affects how the battle plays out. Yeah. For it example, gives a different scenario. Yeah, so for example, um, you know, these villagers are being played by this hag. Okay, so that actual hag is kind of a, it's it's an actually side quest, but it's also um, was it that one? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure it out. I don't think that one was a puzzle. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So there are different battle systems. Um, <laughs> one of which is called a puzzle, 
And it, it is a battle, uh, but you have to, there's certain ways to, to, to do it. So they give you only a specific set of cards and you have to figure out how to play these cards yeah. in order to beat the puzzle. So, and you have to do it in one round and you have to make sure you defeat this person. So it's more scenario driven. Yeah, very scenario driven. And for example, it's not always just a battle. So you're not always fighting bandits. There was a rock wall that was tumbling. So you get up to this rock wall. And this is in the very the wall. This is not this is right in the very beginning. I'm not like this is probably in the within the first hour. Bring out the Belmonts. Whip and, it. And and basically they're they're the cards that you're fighting are boulders. And they're coming closer to you. As they change lanes. So um, there's things like that. And there's, there's more that I don't really want to spoil, but um, it's, it's copying from Zelda. It's, it's very interesting in the way they handle these card battles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and there's a whole bunch of things in there. There's treasures, there's card pieces that you have to get. There's kind of unique cards. And like I said, are you building a collection? You're building a deck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're building a and, collection, a deck. And you're able to manage that outside of combat like yes at some point you're, you're yeah you're like what you're basically doing is you're um you're building your your deck outside of combat you're also the way you um level up your deck is by um collecting resources so crowns uh soldiers and uh wood planks what's that do like leveling up your deck does that make the same card but they sort of make it more efficient you can you can upgrade your cards as well for example the same unit power unit but costs one less mana whatever right right no that you you uh there is the opportunity to do that as well so you get your set of cards of what infantry or whatever it is and you can upgrade it and it does one more damage or one more strength or or whatever Uh, but there is this kind of work um kind of encampment system um where there's a, a a workshop where you gain more resources per battle or there's there's costs and perks to to this so there's a whole bunch of um variations yeah, but in, that sounds like it, it would complement a more traditional card combat so it sounds like there's scenario like mm-hmm. puzzle scenario yep card combat or card interaction stuff uh and then there's scenarios where it's based on your deck because obviously the scenario right the, the scenarios they give you deck, they right? give you a specific set of cards okay, yeah. and there's only one way to get a favorable outcome yeah yeah so obviously improving your deck does nothing for that scenario for those right so that would be like your typical like enter a dungeon in some rpg and you have to solve the puzzle mechanics of that dungeon mm-hmm. uh which is which is independent of how far leveled or your character build right or or your party makeup right yep yeah um but i mean there are other card based games that i've played and this is just very different than all of them uh so steam world quest different than that um i've seen um cardpocalypse different than that and there there's one other one that was really popular i can't really well the bait and kato's that's like from like a million years ago Uh, (laughs) but there's another one anyway that that people go crazy for the spire slay the spire bingo um again this is just different than than all of them um but it is gwenty so i will say if you despised gwent (laughs) if you're on that side of the aisle you may not like the game i don't think anyone despises gwent it's just it's just gwent but this is like 
Gwent with the thematic flair that yeah. it needed. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And I, I so far, the, the thematic flair that you call is really, really good. Cool. Really, really good. Cool. So, yeah, <clears throat> that is what I've been playing. Now, on to the news. I don't know if we need to pull up this link. No. We could talk about this. Yeah, we could talk about it. Yeah, you don't need to pull up the link. So, March 5th is going to be an important day for Netflix and Castlevania fans. Uh, So, yeah, season three of Castlevania is set to be released. And I'm going to be honest. Is that a naked Alucard? I'm not going to. I don't know. Who's that naked man? I don't know. There's a naked dude on the poster. But either way, um, I thought this was going to be a little bit later. And it's earlier than what I expected. I am pumped for this. Yeah. So, Castlevania, coming to Netflix, March, was it 5th? Is that what I said? Oh, look at that background. Is that that Legion? Ooh. All right, so they got Carmilla. Oh, there's Alucard. What am I doing? So that's not naked Alucard. That's (laughs) Alucard. (laughs) That was way off. That's Carmilla. Uh, I forgot who that old man is. That might be a new character. For the audio listeners... We're looking at a Castlevania picture. We're, we're looking at poster. the poster, yeah, yeah. Um, so, for season three. So we're I'm really excited. excited about this because yes. um, the first two seasons were excellent. Uh, the second season being, I think, a step above the first season. Uh, a huge step up. A huge step up. The first season was just basically It was just a little bit tease. of a, yeah, a little bit of a taste of what Castlevania yeah. had to offer. And I think, man, if they could do this for Castlevania, they should be able to do this for, I, I would love to see, in the same art style, A Legend of Zelda uh, in this in this theme, or you know, mm. what else could you see uh, in this? So the Cal- so Castlevania, it, it just has the theme, it has the backstory and lore, and a rabid fan base to tap into. Um, there's, uh, I think there's rumors, or maybe it's official. I don't know uh, of a Capcom, uh, another or not another, uh, Devil May Cry. Oh yes, getting, yes, yes. getting a similar treatment. But I don't know, like, I don't think Devil May Cry has the the rich backstory and lore. So, um, I in, know. In the world, like, I know Devil May Cry is really just Capcom's version of of Castlevania. Yeah. But more action-y. More, more action-y. More yeah. guns, maybe? More guns. I, I, Devil May Cry just feels like a little more, more, uh, what's the word? Um generic not not generic it's just i don't like i like i like the notion of castlevania because it it sort of lives in the timeline that it takes place right whereas devil may cry is taking this old timeline and merging it with modern day stuff okay like motorcycles and guns and stuff like yes there's guns and motorcycles (laughs) in castlevania Castlevania takes place over like hundreds and hundreds of years Potentially a thousand plus years, so eventually there's going to be guns in Castlevania and motorcycles. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of stuff that could get this treatment that I would, I would enjoy. Uh, Legend of Zelda would be one of them. I think you could have Legend of Zelda in many different formats and looks and styles. Uh, I, and I, it would I be don't right. know because would they make Link talk? That's that's always a, a, a that's big the thing. A big thing. If Link talks. Which I'm cool with. He has to. Then it could work. But if they don't have Link Talk, no. I don't think it'll work. No, you you would have to have Link Talk. That means Link is going to be a, an emotional character. He is an emotional character without 
without actually talking. Uh, the emotion is the same emotion as <laughs> Samus. Like Link and Samus there you are go. the how same character, like emotional well, character. How about Sam? Uh, Samus they're both stoic. Anime. They're both like reserved and stoic in that portrayal. Samus would be great. Or, I would yeah. love it. It would. It's basically a, an alien. Mm-hmm animated uh you know whatever series right uh that'd be great except there would be no dialogue <laughs> no you you would have to have, obviously you'd have to do something no don't make samus talk oh geez come on she don't need to she needs to talk the stoic part of samus works for samus but to do that for link i don't think works for link because he's interacting with so many other interactable intelligent right beings whereas samus she there's like Bugs everywhere and <laughs> flying critters and things that and are going to kill And she doesn't say him. a word. Then she can't communicate with... If, if Santa's yeah, but, talk, yeah, but if, half the time she'd be swearing like a pirate. She probably swears like a pirate all the pr- time. Probably, but if you saw some alien life form and it's you know it's about to... Ta- you're going to say something. Yeah, you're going to say like beep, beep, beep. Like yeah. She's going to be beeping up a storm. She's got to say something. Yeah, like what is this <laughs> green stuff that's on me? Not again. I just... Well, I just bathe. I, I get. I guess you're right. There's really, there are really no other NPCs or any other characters in, a, in yeah. a Metroid world. It's just other alien forms. If, the, if they're there, they're already dead. Yeah. <laughs> or they're an AI. Yeah. So maybe that wouldn't work. We're not counting other M. That doesn't count. No, nobody counts other M. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're gonna move on from this. So, um, Tiny Build, the publisher, has announced uh, Hellpoint coming to the switch in april yep now hellpoint is um it looks really cool i think um i think it's got some potential to be good and the way they described it is some is some sort of a a souls like experience i think um in a unique setting they said yeah souls like gameplay in a unique setting as you said uh it kind of looks like uh and you you mentioned this it's kind of like a dead 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 space. space yeah yeah but with souls kind of combat right so i don't even know what that means anymore souls like combat um people just use that term so liberally i I don't even i don't even know like (laughs) what that describes anymore especially when they're toting as a feature jump in co-op in pvp multiplayer uh so that that's a souls dark souls-esque feature but is it on though? couch? Yeah, so not on a couch. couch co-op. So this game, when when you look at the trailer of it, and I mentioned this, uh, and and we had a, like a little talk about it, it looks more like a hack and slash than it, yeah. a Souls like combat system. Right. It definitely looks more like a button masher. Uh, but I, I mean, when I think Dark Souls, I'm thinking stamina. Um, gauges or meters yeah. you're learning your enemies move sets and and uh there's some sort of i guess evasion or dodge mechanic with your invincible invincibility frames uh that sort of stuff that's what i think of of souls like what they're describing as souls like i don't know i have no clue. i again everyone's meaning of souls like is just so very different. I, I, th- I think with uh, Souls Combat, it's it's really that proximity, like really being close, like up close and personal with with one on generally one on one combat with something, and you're gonna fight this one thing for a bit of time. Uh, there's been games that come close to it, but like mm-hmm. really nailing that 
feel that sort of weightiness of the combat. It doesn't even have to be weighty. It could be very, very fast, as they've done in Bloodborne. And uh, uh, is it Sekiro? Yeah, that one. That one's pretty fast too. Uh, not not as fast as uh, Bloodborne. Okay. But yeah, that's that's also a pretty quick one. Very different combat system, but like they're they're all very much melee focused, up close and personal. You have to read, as you mentioned, you have to read your opponent, whatever enemy you're going up against, read their attacks, what they're about to do, what animation is playing from them, and then respond accordingly. Mm-hmm. Especially in Sekiro. Sekiro, yeah, you definitely have to read your opponent and obviously Bloodborne. Yeah. Uh, Dark Souls, you can get away with holding up that shield. Hold it up. Yeah, but it does, doesn't last forever. The shield? Yeah. You don't need to. Just block one shot, whack him. <laughs> Done. <laughs> block and poke. Block and poke. Block and poke. That's anyway, um, yeah, Hellpoint, check it out. Um, I think it's got some uh, things it's doing uh, doing well. So Graphically looks good. I mean, promising. Uh, keep Keep your eyes and ears peeled. Peel your eyes and ears. Uh, yes, because... This is also like Event Horizon-y looking. Hmm. It's kind of nice. Um, we're actually going <laughs> to skip that next one, unless you really, really? want to talk about it. Not that one. With the, the uh, Switch RPG status there, the Twitter status. Uh, what was that? Was it was, that this? It was about the Witch game. Oh, let's talk about it. All right, cool. We'll talk about it. So I recently uh, posted a, uh, a tweet, I guess. I tweeted out. Um, something to just keep on the on the horizon, just a, a, a look-see at. It's a game that's still in development called Witch. Um, Witch is, um, I, I think it's been promised, not promised, they've been they've said that it's coming out to the Switch at some point. Um, they but, have high hopes. But definitely coming to PC or Steam. Yeah. Anyway. And by they, uh, we're talking about Heartstrings Studios. Heartstrings Studios, yeah. Now, they they, they have, um, if you go to their YouTube channel, Heartstrings Studios, they have a develop, dev blog that they kind of go through the trials and tribulations, uh, as well as different art styles they've they've kind of messed with. Now, what this, what this game is really kind of doing that's interesting is the, dare I say, HD2D type of thing so it's basically it's the your character is pixel art um and it's done in a realistic backdrop um so and your character moves in a in a 3d space uh so it's i guess it's similar in the vein of octopath whereas in octopath the background is not it's not realistic right but but the background the environment of octopath was very much in 3d but they textured it in sprite looking textures this one it look the background looks like it's a uh, unreal type of more realistic it almost looks like it's in uh, skyrim like a skyrim world yeah you could say that and and your characters are pixel art now and again this game does have rpg maker uh does have an rpg maker background and that's almost to its detriment i think what do you mean background um that's kind of where it it came from originally because oh, i watched the okay. dev blog Got it. and so it went from an rpg maker uh into kind of a 2d 3d thing that they've mishmashed yeah. together yeah. and and like i said it's almost to its detriment because you and i mentioned that oh, it's, it's very much to its detriment because it's it's got very basic um uh, battle mechanics it's, yeah. it's turn-based now it, again, it is turn-based, but it's got very basic turn-based actions. It looks like almost active time uh, 
combat system, but it's uh, when you look at so you can pause frame on the trailer and see the combat mechanics, and it's very basic, bare bones stuff. Of uh, I can count it on one hand. You have your attacks, you have your magic, you have your uh, defends, defend, <laughs> and, and flee. flee. Like so, yeah, it's 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 very basic in in yeah. that aspect, and. I don't see them changing that, to be honest, because no, that could. seems like, uh, I don't know, it almost seems like a very ingrained type of type of thing. And if they do change it, it would be for the better, because as you discussed, yeah. primarily, it's it's a very, it's very boring. Antiquated. It's right. I guess not bo- boring is a wrong word to use, right? It's put it this way. It is more antiquated than Dragon Quest Eleven which a lot of people complain about the combat being fairly antiquated. And Dragon Quest Eleven has the exact same combat system that this one's portraying with some additional mechanics. And this one does, doesn't have, or seemingly doesn't have any additional mechanics. We don't know for certain. Right. We're basing this off of just the screenshot. So I don't want to poo-poo on this too much. But when you have, uh, you know those five options for combat it doesn't make for very interesting combat and those are sadly the five options that you typically see in all the rpg maker games which makes them very similar and very unworthwhile right uh, I, again i i combat wise I, combat wise i think what they're doing aesthetically is really i think yeah. i i like the look of it uh they got something there it's just i think that combat really needs to to be worked through yeah uh hardcore this game will be make make or break based on the combat system because you know visually it doesn't look like an rpg maker game but as soon as that combat rolls up it looks like an rpg maker game and yeah this is going to be like one of those like wolves in sheep's clothing this game is going to release uh a lot of people are going to pay attention to it and a lot of critics are going to pay attention to it uh, because it visually looks interesting, and then they're going to play it, and oh man, it's going to get a whole lot of low scores. Yeah. I can already tell. Yeah, well, I, I hope that something does change on that. I just kind of wanted to do a little shout out there, uh, something to keep an eye on. There. It looks promising, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, some really cool news. You just finished this game, yep. the, the Outer Worlds. Yeah. Coming to the Switch March 6th. Now, this is going to kind of lead into... A, uh, this could lead into a, a bigger discussion. How so? How so? I'll tell you how so. So, <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a big announcement. Game card not included. This Right. So, the full you, you have to download the entire game. Oh, man. Why would you uh, do that? So, with the... $60 the, game, and you have to download the whole thing. You don't even get a cartridge. You don't get a cartridge. Now, with The Witcher, the entire game came on the cart. Why couldn't they do it? Maybe that's not in their budget. They're saving I, money. That's I right. have right for sure. They're pushing but, the cost onto the consumer. But anyway, uh, and they're not giving you a discount on that back end either. So yeah, they, no. they're not doing anyone any favors other than, yeah. than for themselves. They want money. But here's the thing: this was um, announced by them. This is something that's usually, I think, saved for Nintendo Direct. To be honest with you. Well, the the game was already announced for Switch. That you're right, but not right. Okay, so um, just not the release not date. Not the date. Yeah. Um, but my point was is that something like this could be saved for a direct, and we have another, I think, one or two games kind of further down the news where it serves the same way. So, like, why 
aren't they waiting for a Nintendo Direct? Why wasn't this pushed in a Nintendo Direct? And my thought is that we're getting one soon, and it's going to have big hitters in it. It's jam-packed. It's going to be jamming 94.5. Yeah. <laughs> and, and only a few will get that one. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, obviously that that's coming out soon. So if you've been waiting for it, I would I would still wait on this though. Yes, wait for it just just to see how it runs right. and how it performs. Uh, my guess is that Digital Foundry is going to do a piece on it. They usually cover a lot of like mm-hmm. uh, third party ports to uh, Switch. Uh, and, from yeah, they showed side by side. Right. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I would wait for this as long as it isn't horrendous and it, the frame rate doesn't stutter and it doesn't get too blurry. Like I'm fine with like. Derez the the textures. Um, keep the the pixel resolution relatively high, right? And like, don't don't go below seven twenty. Yeah, we don't want a four eighty uh, game. Yeah, on our but hands you here. know, lower the level of detail. Lower that. I don't I don't need to see you know a mile down the road. Like, lower that stuff. Lower lower the object detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, lower the texture detail. But if the pixel resolution is you know relatively high, right? I don't get that blurry vision stuff. That's good. Yeah. But like I said, I would definitely buy or beware or just kind of wait and see yeah. uh, and on this. This game does not push the modern consoles. No. So Well, if you have your Wolfenstein on there, I think this is kind of in the same realm. Wolfenstein's a way better looking game than this. Well, I know. That's what yeah. I mean. If you, that's yeah. a, It's in the same vein as far as uh, game types, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to draw some similarities there i think if that can run this should be able to run yeah and wolfenstein man was wolfenstein running 60 on modern console on ps4 and xbox i'm not sure because uh, that might have been running on 60 and and almost for certain it's not running 60 on ps4 uh the outer worlds right so it's probably going to be 30 fr- almost certainly it's going to be 30 frames on on the uh switch hmm. that'd be nice yeah, like like there's no need for it to be sixty. It's a it's an RPG. Mm-hmm. All right, and now moving on, we have some Pokemon Sword and Shield success. They've surpassed sixteen million units shipped worldwide. Where are the people that were boycotting this game? Yeah. <laughs> are they are they in there somewhere? No, they boycotted it. Okay, they boycotted. It. Guess what? It did not have an effect whatsoever there wasn't enough of them they, <laughs> they, they were the squeaky wheel oh and that yeah that wheel was like this big it was like little tiny wheel and to put that into perspective let's go pikachu and eevee sold i think i don't know if this number is to date but it sold almost 12 million units yeah. uh so and it sold a third more than that mm-hmm. that's insane numbers yeah. insane numbers and this has kind of surpassed i think Almost everything Pokemon. Oh, oh, I think that these numbers are comparing, not lifetime, but comparing uh, opening. Okay, so first month or so? Like first quarter. Okay. Kind of sales. So I, I think that's what these numbers are comparing. Because I, uh, there was another podcast I listened to where they actually broke down the lifetime sales of some Pokemon games. And the original, the original Pokemon uh red and blue is like over 40 million <laughs> yeah we're, we're not going to get that detailed um yeah. but there's a good article on rpg site i'm not sure where they they got their information um they have they have uh some some of that information we're kind of talking about there well i think this is part of the weekly report or whatever okay 
uh, from Nintendo directly. Oh, let's let's see what they have. It was re- part of Nintendo's quarterly report that Which just they happened. Just happened, right? Yeah, and Nintendo announced a bunch of other stuff. Uh, they announced like their number top best-selling Switch games, you know, which is Mario Kart 8, followed by Smash, followed by Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, very close to Mario Odyssey. There hasn't been a, uh, a Zelda game that has outsold a Mario game, I think, ever. Ever? Ever. In Breath of the Wild, it's pacing to outsell Mario Odyssey, both in Japan and obvi- obviously it, uh, it sold really well. Uh, I don't know how well the numbers on the U.S. I, I'm not too sh- certain of, but Breath of the Wild, pace-wise, is outpacing Mario in Japan. And you can see these numbers. I mean, they're, they're so close. almost identical, yeah. Yeah, they're so close. They're like 200K away from one another, 250K away from one another. And these another. are just Japanese, right? Just no, Japan? This is worldwide. Is it worldwide? Okay. Oh, no. In, in Japan, Zelda's at like two and a half million, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then you have Pokemon Sword and Shield, which is the fifth. Fifth bestseller uh, on Switch. So to put it in perspective, fifth best-selling game just came out, and it just came out. That's crazy. Yeah, that is insane. Yeah, it's actually gonna beat Smash. Potentially, it might beat Smash. It's still got time. Still Smash, has time. The best-selling fighting game of all time. Anyways, we're gonna debate on whether or not that's a fighting game. But moving on, um, Fallout seventy-six. You could not leave our little hearts here. At Switch RPG no. podcast. Um, they're getting new DLC. Isn't that exciting? And the DLC is bringing along NPCs. This the- is not new. What this is? This was delayed. This is supposed to come out in October. What are you, ta- what are you talking about? Yeah. This is the Wastelanders update. They've yeah. given us NPCs now. They promised us this update back in, I think, either E3 or before E3. Uh, they promised us this update for October. I think October. Right around the October time frame. And then in was- October, or right around that time frame, they then announced, oops, our bad delay was that the time fallout one their subscription service came out no i think that was actually later it was definitely uh, later not sure but it might have been prior to that anyway man so yeah fallout 76 you got your npcs you're fine no (laughs) we still don't have it yet because it's not coming out until april yeah until april 6 so Yeah. yeah fallout 76 whoever's playing that you're gonna have to wait wait Again, like, or now, or now, now you know what how long you're gonna wait for. Here's the thing: if if you want to play a Fallout game, definitely don't let it be Fallout 76. No. But if you want to play a decent Bethesda MMO, I think Elder Scrolls Online is is. Don't play an MMO. Or why? It's a trap. It's a trap. It's, it's a trap. trap. <laughs> um, but Elder Scrolls Online. Is an is an MMO, but I've I never paid anything playing that game, and I had a pretty dang good time, to be honest with you. Eh. I eh. thought it was a good Elder Scrolls experience for the content that it provided. It they just don't end, and they just keep right. No, they keep wanting you to play. No, there's more. definitely that's the trap. And, right, and that's definitely the trap. There's just yeah. just no end in sight, and that's yeah, that's the whole persistent world type of thing. But it's, it's not worthwhile. Just you want a good fleshed out story that actually ends play xenoblade (laughs) 
<laughs> X? Any of them. Any of them. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Fallout 76, enjoy your NPCs. Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, our opinion, this is Bethesda's opportunity to r- right their wrong with this Wastelanders update. So I'm, I just want to point that out. Like, I'm totally open to having this this update, this DLC update, whatever Fixing it may things. be, this patch, this major expansion, fix Fallout 76. Because I was actually looking very much forward to playing Fallout 76. I have Fallout 76. Oh, I feel sorry for you. That's okay. I, I think <laughs> I tell you this and you're like, you say the same thing every single time. I've played it once and never picked it up again. Yeah, it's just, yeah. and I think the initial launch of Fallout 76 was just so bad and broken that I never went back to it. I'm like, there's just so many better things to play. I was hoping, cause I actually did want to do multiplayer fallout in a, you know, not MMO style world, but mm-hmm. like multiplayer enough where I could play with my girlfriend and stuff like that. Cause we both love the fallout franchise. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of hopes for this. Yeah, and Bethesda just, let me down. Yeah, they did. Uh, Bethesda is on thin ice, in, in my uh, personal opinion. Please write the wrongs, Bethesda. All right. Um, Sega reports console games underperformed in the third quarter. Um, and their to console that, console games or just console? Games? Their console games. Uh, now, their console games are kind. It's a kind of limited scope. So, for uh, for example, they had Persona uh, Five and a bunch of other. Uh, not smaller games but just lesser known games maybe Uh, like sakura wars yeah just just isn't that the uh questionable shoot the gun at ladies i have no idea to make them i i think you've said enough and i honestly i I don't know uh but they had mario and sonic at the olympics uh uh, games of tokyo i think if you were to just take out the tokyo and just make it an olympic games or kind of a a mario and sonic sports type of game probably would have done better i think that also the timing on this release it was way off from the actual tokyo olympics Uh, or it is because the tokyo olympics have yet to happen yeah yeah so the timings on some of their things are are just bad. They probably should have spent more time on the game, polishing it up, mm-hmm. expanding it, add more content, stuff like that. Because actually, the game is selling decently in Japan. In Japan, and it is. Yeah. Um, I I don't think a game like that tends to um, lend itself here in 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 the U.S. or the kind of the the West here. Uh, obviously, it's a Tokyo Olympics. It makes sense. For it to kind of sell well over there. Well, it's because the West knows that uh, we're more aware that even though it has Mario in the title, there's another name in that title that automatically, you know, Mario raises and the other name lowers. So it kind of brings down the Mario. Yeah, that that name is uh, Sonic, right? I didn't want to say it. Yeah, I said it. Um, I'm not a Sonic fan and nor am I a Sega fan to be honest with you i I think for the most part um a lot of their games just don't appeal to me and this goes back like to the original sega days like the mega drive genesis even those games kind of never spoke to me they had some good quality games but they kind of lost their way in the saturn and it almost they almost never were able to recover 
Right. Right. The Dreamcast did help, but at that point, you know, when they refocused, it was just too expensive to keep up with the Dreamcast. From it was just too it, they they I, I think this a, is what happened. Well, it was a bad launch, and mm-hmm. they were going up against the. It, it was too complicated to develop for. That's that was the yeah. big thing. Yeah. Um, but with Sega, they got out of the console business, and I was hoping that they would actually step up their game and focus because they could focus entirely on game on game development and yeah. do some incredible stuff. And yeah, uh, they have some great stuff here and there. Uh, they do own um, some Western developers. Uh, for example, they own. Uh, I'm not sure, but and the t- people make the War series, Total War. Assembly? I'm not sure. Creative Assembly. Creative Assembly. Yeah. That's it. So they, they do, uh, like, the, the Total War. Yeah, those are, yeah, the like RTSs. Yeah. Um, but in terms of RPGs, it's more their classics. Oh, they're Total War, Warhammer. <sighs> Come on. Come on. Dude. Dude. Dude, that game is hardcore <laughs> RPG. All it's right. just grand scale. It's got grand strategy elements. Right. Up but, the wazoo. Yeah, but those aren't... RTS, as we've discussed this before, don't make great for console release. Oh, I don't I don't think it's available on console. It's a PC game. That's what I mean. I'm talking about... We're talking about Nintendo Switch here. Oh, or, well, we're talking about their poor console sales. Sure, 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 yeah. sure. But and I, I want to know, like, okay, so... And that, that kind of makes sense, right? Like, because they're Western developers that they have acquired, like Creative Assembly. I don't know all of them, but Creative Assembly... They focus on PC. Mm-hmm. Like, they do not make console games. Right. So, who's making these console games? A lot of their console games is the the, the core Sega people, right? Right. They do have publishing rights to some other games, like uh, the original Bayonetta. They have publishing rights to. They have pu- okay. publishing rights to the, uh, as you said, Persona. Yeah, right. But, they, I mean, Persona itself locked itself into exclusivity. So there's no way for that to come to the Nintendo Switch, which would, if that game was on the Nintendo Switch, they would have no issues with with uh, saying that they yeah. didn't do well this quarter or third quarter. Um, but for the Nintendo Switch, it's really just Persona 5 uh, Scramble. Yeah. Well, they, they and, you know, your Mario. Yakuza. Yeah. Eh. Yakuza 7, which is like an RPG. Yeah. They turned it into an R, uh, like a. A legit but RPG. That's, that's not it. Uh, it's an okay game, you know. It's really Football not gonna. Football manager. I'm sorry. What? Uh, right here. Football. <laughs> but this is. I, I'm guessing this is some of the. Let's see here. Blah blah blah. Stuff stuff stuff. Uh, they're they, naming some of the other franchise. Football manager being one. That probably actually does make them a decent amount of money. It actually does really well um, in, in total the, war in the European market. And the Yakuza. So those are probably their successful franchises. Mm-hmm. Is the Football Manager, Total War, and Yakuza series uh, that nailed them about a little over twelve million units. Uh, let's see, fiscal year an additional. Okay, so they did seven million of units of new games, and then over twelve million of previously released games so, which uh, was football manager total, total war, war games and yakuza stuff mm-hmm. so like their successful stuff is successful their new stuff that they've been cranking out is probably not 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 uh, there. not uh up to par not up to par not up to standards yeah um but what i hear is that sega does have some stuff up its sleeve what you hear what i hear 
Well, what they are tooting a lot <laughs> is that they have stuff. They have, they are, they've been like, they've been doing like a Dragon Ball thing where they're like in the background, right. charging up, they're screaming, they're like, Rah. I hope they're it's- doing a lot of screaming on Twitter. They're doing a lot of screaming yeah. like on, on the social medias. They're going, Rah. and you know, everyone's like, Master Roshi's like, what's he doing? That was a lot of, um, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z explaining. <laughs> Um, but hopefully, I mean, it can only benefit us. So hopefully they do have something going on back there in yeah, the we'll, back rooms we'll we'll with Dragon, if, whatever that dude is doing back there. If you said. they go golden hair or not, <laughs> if they go, you know, supersonic or not. We'll oh boy. See. All right. Uh, moving on Saints Row, March 27th, $40. So again, this is one of those announcements that I think could have been in a direct and people it would have had the same um impact um so oh well so saints row 3 is i believe the highest rated of the saints row games Mm -hmm. um so and four kind of dropped the ball from what three was uh because they kind of put things a little bit too they put the ball a little bit too far into crazy territory they went loony they went very loony they went like full-blown like superhero matrix style stuff um but Yep, they're bringing it. March 27th, 40 bucks. Uh, and yeah, it could have been just being another sort of bullet point, very quick hot tip that mm-hmm. could have been in a direct. Right, L- along with your Bioshock and your Metro Redux. Oh, the bio- I think the Bioshock is still going to be inside. Right, but, but that's what I mean. Those, those are bigger names that could have gone into a direct and they're not there now. No, that, let- that will be. The Bioshock one is still like not fully confirmed right it, yeah it's been a rumor or still a rumor at this point it was a leak all right um retro studios our favorite developers yeah. um, have uh taken on a new art director yeah. um, and this new art director is formerly of ea dice uh and you and i noticed a few things we went yeah. into his linkedin page yep and he's done a lot of work oh yeah on the like triple 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 a stuff yeah so kind of going um i'm gonna go from not the most recent stuff so he's on medal of honor battlefield 3 mirrors edge catalyst battlefield 5 um as an art director just as an art director and, and you he, know he, in previous games he was a lead artist he was a level artist a character so like he worked his way up the totem pole, proving his art skills, mm-hmm. uh, and then got into the position of art director for DICE. Uh, as you know, DICE created the Frostbite engine, which is a very beautiful looking, mm-hmm. very robust engine. Uh, Star Wars. Uh, Battlefront. Battlefront. Right. Battlefront 2 and, mm-hmm. and the uh, Battlefield games um but one of the things obviously to take it's really obvious is that they're all first person shooters yes they're all first person shooters and metro uh metro geez metroid prime uh, prime four four yeah is a first person adventure hmm it's, is it a Metroidvania? Do, what do we call Metroid at this point? Right. When they announced Metroid Prime, they didn't want to call it a first-person shooter, so they called it a first-person adventure. Yeah, whatever. Because they it, having Metroid series in first-person was a hard pill to swallow right. for hardcore fans. Yep. Uh, so they had to kind of like steer that and, and sort of like convince people that it's worthwhile by saying it's a first-person adventure. It's not a shooter. It's not going to be a Halo game. 
And it's it's not a. It's more than that. It is more than it that. It totally is. Um, so yeah, very interesting. His his total his background is on first person shooters. So, yeah. um, they they I think they have the right person. Yeah, and, involved. And this is definitely the right person for the right job at the right company. This person is totally working on Metroid Prime. No questions about it. Uh, there was like earlier news uh, stuff, maybe like half a year ago or something like that about uh, uh, retro studios hiring for multiple uh, for multiple positions across the gamut for the Metroid franchise. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is totally for Metroid. This is the confirmation. What was it, a tweet? This year? Um, I'm the not sure. Sh- no, no I think someone probably... Right here. That, oh, okay. That's oh, a tweet, right? Yeah. 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 So, this is a tweet basically... Can, Saying, you know, hey, final day working at EA. Now I'm starting my new job here. So, like, there were talks. These talks probably lasted about, probably went like a month ago or mm-hmm. so ago, maybe up to two months ago. Uh, and probably hit, uh, this person's submission was probably like three months ago. So, this person definitely wanted in. It's not like they were in a bad uh, company to work with. Uh, this person's the art director already right. in a cushy job. This person wanted in at Retro Studios because Retro was working on Metroid. So this person purposely wanted to work on a Metroid franchise. And that's that's essentially what you want. You want people passionate about what they're doing. Who wouldn't want to work on a Metroid franchise? Me. You wouldn't want no, to? No, no, I'm only, I'm only kidding. No, I'm only, <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, but yeah, very cool. I, I, I think it's nice to see this yeah, like you had said, kind of confirmation into yeah. what they're doing now. They're definitely doing other stuff, but it's nice to see that they're I, moving along. I think they already did other stuff, just like how... When I say other stuff, I mean other IPs, other games. That's what I'm saying. I think uh, Retro Studios already did those other games, and they're just sitting on it because Nintendo told them to sit on it. Really? Yeah, because that's maybe, what Nintendo does. Maybe, they, they will ha- sit on games. Pikmin 4. <laughs> Among many, many others. Right. They will sit on games, not even release them, wait 20 plus years, and then finally release them. Star Fox 2. Star Fox 2. <laughs> but, it was done. Right. It was done. They sat on it for like 20 plus But it also years. wasn't very good. Uh, I, I, I would have been blown away. Eh. Eh. As a last, as like a last hurrah, and and I think that was very late into the Super Nintendo's life cycle. They had already moved on. It wasn't because the game was bad. It was because they didn't want to uh, show that game off when they were promoting the N sixty four. Right. That's what I mean. It was kind of just too late in its life cycle to to move on. And Star Fox sixty four came out in the N sixty four relatively early. Right. So they didn't want to do Star Fox two, and then like half a year later or a year later. Star yeah, Fox 64. Kind of compete with themselves a little bit. Yeah, right. it, it would look ugly. It would be like a be fish no, out of water thing. Yeah, right? be no good. So, yeah, EA. Yep. Speaking of EA. More new EA news. More, um, more projects for the Nintendo Switch. So they pull the 180. Hmm. Yeah, they go from, yeah, I don't think the Nintendo Switch is going to be for us. Yeah, they, they said something along the lines of, like, we have data that proves that our franchises just don't sell as well uh, on the Nintendo fran- uh, console as they do on the uh, you know the Xbox and the PlayStation. Right. 
But I mean, that's not where our audience is at. I I think when you look at EA, I think what what they're talking about is their sports franchises. Absolutely. But the thing of it is more than that. No, they're definitely more than that. But that's that's the majority of them, I think, or the majority of their earnings are the sports franchises. But the problem is when Nintendo gets their sports franchises, they're um, not full packages. Do you know what I mean? There's stuff that's cut out of them. And, and, you know, maybe that's, there's a reason for that. You know, maybe they're, like I said, it's, it's not as powerful as some of these other guys, yeah. but it's, what, when it, you get that, I mean, what do you expect? It's, it's an inferior product, like not just graphically, it's just a legitimate inferior product overall. Uh, it's, it's like the worst case of testing the waters. That's what EA has done. His, throughout history when it comes to i think starting from the wii or uh, maybe even the gamecube and onwards they've just been always testing the waters with something new they tested the waters for the wii u don't blame them though don't right. blame them no no they no, definitely no don't blame them uh and then with the switch but the switch was like like an obvious success and they were still releasing these test the waters uh kind of comments especially when you have like companies like bethesda backing up the switch like right almost right away yeah right away well skyrim right yeah yeah well skyrim runs on on everything (laughs) well they're still backing up and yes ea backed it up but they backed it up in such a half uh half glass half full you know yeah kind of half they didn't go they didn't give it a legitimate you know testing of the switch like uh like all right we're gonna bring our best uh, to the best that we can do to the Switch. I didn't do that. Here are some games that I think... They brought an MVP. Right. That's a sports reference, and it's a software <laughs> development reference wrapped up, and it's also a uh, a uh, a diss. <laughs> take that, EA. Yeah, take that, um, MVP. So, uh, I just put into the little uh, Google search here some EA games. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they're no... Uh, I think these games are still... So, franchises. Yeah. I think these franchises are still under the EA umbrella. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, so, the Battlefield series, I think, could be on the Switch. Absolutely. Um, then we have Burnout, uh, yeah. which is... A, that a, could definitely make it. Race car game. There's there's actually plenty of room for uh, arcade and realistic just racing games in general yeah, especially at there are many. the high caliber of burnout franchise and uh need for speed that's another right one that's another one EA, yep. ea has uh the sims why isn't the sims like sims could easily be put on here with expansions that would sell like hotcakes of course it would you could take the sims anywhere you want you want a game that will sell better than Animal Crossing on Nintendo's own system? It would be The Sims. Now it have to be a proper yeah. Sims. <laughs> it can't be EA going half in. Right, right. That, yeah, that that didn't work. Uh, Dead Space, um, I believe, is also a uh, EA product. Yep. Um, they have some puzzly type games like Peggle. Uh, Unravel is kind of a platformer uh, type of game. Uh, Mirror's Edge could definitely be on there. Uh, and I think a Star Wars Battlefront, maybe the first one. I don't know about the second one. Uh, but I think a Star Wars Battlefront uh, could uh, could make its way there. Jesus, and those so are, many games. And those are some of the more recent um, EA games. Also, is Dragon Age Inquisition or... Uh, yeah. 
Dragon Age? Why can't we get a Dragon Age? Uh, don't give us Inquisition. We don't want it. <sighs> Inquisition wasn't as that bad. We don't want it. Don't I would do it. I would take don't it. Don't bother. I would don't take bother. it. I, would, I wouldn't take it. I'll take it. No. Forget about this guy. Dragon Age Inquisition? Yes. Yes. I will take it. Over nothing? I would certainly take it. No. Because that... Uh, I'm not paying for it. The reason why I don't want to take it... <laughs> look, it's over nothing. When you put it like that, sure. But it's not over nothing. There is a cost to it. Because there, it's not going to be of, successful. Uh, uh, and EA is going to be like, see? See? <laughs> we brought your hardcore games to the Switch and it didn't sell. Yeah. I guess there could be some of that. They should actually put some thought in bring games that will do well and are great games. First off, has to be a great game. Make, it, make a, a new game. How about Dragon Age Tactics? That seems to be the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the thing to do. Apex Legends. Uh, that is that a, that's a free to play game, right? Um, yep. Uh, I mean, we have Warframe, so I don't see maybe that's but, in the same vein. Fortnite. Fort that Fortnite thing. Fortnite's on Switch. Yeah. Come on. There's plenty of free to play games. Oh yeah. That are right. Battle Royale. Uh, I know Apex is like slightly different, but mm-hmm. you know. They could bring that. Uh, you know what I would love is Titanfall. Um, Titanfall, which t- EA... Titanfall 2 was actually really, really that, good. That's mainly the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's too bad that it was just on its last leg for for whatever reason. It didn't get the notoriety. <laughs> that No, the problem with Titanfall 2... First off, it's a great game. I haven't played it yet. But review score wise, and I want to play this game because it has mechs. <laughs> and I just love mechs. Uh, but Titanfall 2's problem, I don't know if you remember, was its laund- its release window. EA like did the biggest like slap themselves on a forehead or hit their forehead uh, against the wall moment, whatever it is. They released it like sandwiched in between two major games oh, yes. one of which is their own franchise they competed against themselves right yeah yeah what um do you what game was it i oh. think it was battlefield yeah it was one of the battlefield games no good you don't do that no but they they have a a library list of of games they could reach out and go forever. for um so yeah yeah br- bring them on bring them on um, uh, look, EA makes some great games, some absolutely great games. They make so many games. Some of them are bound to be great, and they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, like EA saying that they want to bring more stuff to Switch, just bring it over. Make sure it's good quality. That's it. Focus on the quality and bring Dragon Age. Um, so Nintendo Shintaro Fur- Fura- Furukawa. Furukawa. Yeah. That, that, thank you for saving me there. Uh, says we have no plans to launch a new Nintendo Switch model during 2020, and that goes against a lot of the rumors that were yeah. circulating about a Nintendo Switch Pro coming out. Yep. Now, it doesn't mean as soon as you know the calendar page turns January 1st, 2021, that a new, new model comes out. You know that yeah. could still happen. It won't. It won't. But I mean. The possibility is there, if that's what he's saying, that in it, 2020, we're not getting a new iteration. What it could happen is a early spring 2021. That's the earliest I could see. I could definitely see coming. the same same time the Switch release uh, the March. Switch. Because yeah. March is a good time because it lines up with certain uh, big-ish holidays where people do kind of buy gifts. 
right? It's like after the uh, Chinese New Year. Uh, I know there's other um, Asian uh, cultures that celebrate uh, that sort of February New Year time time frame mm-hmm. in January, late January. I'm, I'm, early I think it's late January because they're actually or celebrating it kind of right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so February ish. Uh, and then March has uh, things in early April, so like right around that time. So there's, it's a good period to potentially uh, release some at the earliest, since obviously, as this article reads, there's nothing coming out this year. And that's okay. It's beyond okay. It's actually a good thing. Are you think? Are you saying that because you think that the Nintendo Switch, the next generation or the next iteration, will just be that much better? Yeah, well, it it means that, yes, the next hardware iteration is going to be better, meaning this is a cost thing, right? The longer you delay things, the cheaper the cost of the current, the next leap in hardware is going to be. The next leap has been out there, right? The Tegra X2 has been out Right, but that's the thing, years. though. You, you continue to wait. You're developing and working on older technology. And that's the kind of what Nintendo is is or ha- dealt with when the initial launch all oh, technology is old right i mean every single chip right. and and these are customs right mm-hmm. so it's based on the tegra x1 architecture but there's customization there the next iteration i can imagine being tegra x2 or just something different a altogether custom, a custom variation of it uh and uh the longer it's already been out right it's, it's mass produced and all that stuff uh, the longer they wait, the cheaper, it, the bigger bang for their buck they're going to get, mm-hmm. which means cheaper prices for the end user. Uh, they could do other stuff like increase the screen size, maybe, likely increase the uh, screen resolution. So the quality of the screen on the device itself, uh, make it 1080 capable instead mm-hmm. of just 720. On the device itself. On the device I itself. I think just more graphical power. I, I would appreciate more graphical power well, along with better battery, that's, uh, that's, better battery. That That's sort of... That's what you're fighting, always. Well, well, what I'm saying is by increasing the native resolution on the screen, the portable screen, you have to, just by just by the nature of it, sure. have to have that more horsepower there. Mm-hmm. So just by doing that, if if that became a truth, whatever it is, then you can, as a... As a consumer, legitimately expect that the hardware power has gone up almost twofold. Because right. that's that's about relative, very relatively speaking, that's about how much horsepower it takes to go from 720 to 1080. It's about twice as much horsepower. Uh, yeah. Yep. By horsepower, I mean <laughs> computer power. Computer horsepower. <laughs> Terra. <laughs> Not flops. need for speed horsepower. By the way, FLOP stands for floating point operations. <clears throat> Nerd. Um... All right, moving on to the Platinum <laughs> um, Direct. I don't know what to call this news segment. The Platinum news segment. The Platinum section. Platinum section. Yeah. All right, so Platinum has, there's a lot of buzz around Platinum right now. Um, for example, one of which, uh, he's. you, you got to look up flops. I just want to make sure I'm not like, yeah, all right, I got it, all right. Are you, are you? I just, just want to make sure. Are I'm, you happy with yourself right now? You know, sometimes I just don't want to look like an idiot. We uh, messed up last week. Uh, yeah. 
When are we bringing that up, by the way? Okay, actually, we'll, we'll bring it up right now. Last <laughs> week, uh, during our remake, reuse, refuse, the, our triple R segment. Our triple R's, yeah. Um, we referred to Children of Mana as a remake. Yes. It is not a remake. Very incorrectly. Yes. And we, and we, were, of, we did that a few times, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the reason is, is because we were actually... We had sort of mana in the discussion as well, and we ended up taking that one out and putting children of mana in there or yeah. something like that. Sort of mana was in the discussion, and that one is the remake yes. of Final Fantasy Adventures. And that's the one that I played and beat, you played and beat. Yeah. And we both didn't play Children of Mana. <laughs> that, that was the problem, too. So, um, so we stand corrected. Uh, we were confused. Yes, that happens. We are yeah. old. Well, I am old. Apologies. You're young. And we know now. There's no excuse for you. <laughs> we know now that there is some a little bit of redeeming factors to Children of Mana being a dungeon crawler mm -hmm. type of procedurally generated uh, sort of just grind fest, uh, dungeon crawling grind fest that it was, uh, which is part of the reason why people didn't like it. But that does make it, as a Mana series thing, it makes it fairly unique. Yeah, of, of the Mana series, it's very very unique um but yeah just putting putting that out there we were wrong it, it happens it right? still gets refused <laughs> it still gets refused that's right um so yeah moving on to the platinum news section um we'll hit this article first so eurogamer.pt um that's portugal um hey yes way to go, uh, go? Forza portugal <laughs> um they they had mentioned that Platinum was very much interested in obtaining or reobtaining. Whoa! Did you read th this? Is in Portuguese? Did I, you actually, you I can, can read, read in Portuguese. All right, <laughs> I pulled up the article. I don't know why you did. You just do this to spite me? No, I don't think I did it to spite you. But anyway, <laughs> um, there's nothing for me to pull up. <laughs> Platinum, I can't read that. You don't have Google Translate on your your machine. I don't feel like clicking a button. Anyway, yes, yeah. um, Platinum Games is very much interested in uh, getting their Scalebound IP back from or uh, purchasing it from Microsoft. So Scalebound is a uh, a series. By the way, that is different from what I've heard, which was they want to revitalize it, but. Them actually buying it back from Microsoft, I didn't hear about that. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's what the article. I think you, I think you have like a leg up. I don't have a leg up. I think you have a leg up on on like other news agencies oh. because you you have the capability of reading the Portuguese. Oh, maybe maybe that's the case, or maybe I'm just not translating it properly. Uh, but when my when I read it, uh, they they're they're wanting to uh, to purchase the rights to Scalebound. Your translation. My translation. Giovanni Pimentel, um translation. So they, they want to purchase the rights uh, for Scalebound. And obviously they, they want to, with I'm sure with the backing of Tencent, perhaps. The funding. Uh, right, the funding and that the backing. Yeah, the that backing. seed money. Uh, to to put, out, put it out proper. Yeah. Um, and it's too bad because from what we saw on Scalebound, it looked really, really good. No, or really interesting. Interesting, yes. Yeah, I'll say interesting. Yes. Um, and it actually reminds us of one of the games we'll be discussing in, in, a, in a second. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I didn't know of that game. <laughs> and, and again, this, it's, maybe it's just bad luck, but they're, they're, they're in look. I need uh, to do a little bit of research of that. Very, mm -hmm. very similar. 
Um, but yeah, interesting story on Eurogamer.pt uh, regarding Platinum. And um, so yeah, with Platinum, they've uh, they've launched a website, uh, a teaser website. At the at the time I linked this article, there was really no other uh, news, but more has come out since. They they're calling it the Platinum, or the 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 website is called Platinum Four. And this kind of stems back. You had mentioned this. I totally did not remember this. Yeah. Uh, something called the Capcom Five. Yeah. And there are people who were around then that are in Platinum right now. Yeah. Yeah, and so, so there's a lot of similarities in in that there. Yeah. So the the Capcom Five was five. Uh, I think it was like announced during like an E3 of some sort. Yeah. So five games. Uh, there were five Capcom exclusive games that were coming out to the GameCube, and this was a big deal because one of those games was Resident Evil Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you could imagine Resident Evil Four coming to GameCube at that time exclusively, seemingly fully exclusive. Uh, was a huge deal. It was like a major shock, and Resident Evil Four was looking amazing. Right. Uh, along with Product Number Three, uh, Beautiful Joe, mm-hmm. uh, Killer Seven, and this last oddball game, which is uh, Dead Phoenix, which got canceled. So you know, the Capcom Five actually only turned out to be four. <laughs> Capcom Four, Platinum Four, uh, and all these games came out. First, on the GameCube, some of them didn't remain exclusive. Only one of them was truly exclusive, which was product number three. And, but, uh, and the reason for that, it was just wasn't that good of a game to be put anywhere else. Yeah, and some of these uh, companies that developed these games are uh, made are some of the people that formed uh, Platinum. Uh, Platinum. Uh, for example, you can see a lot of that DNA, uh, like Beautiful Joe, for example. Beautiful Joe... You can see that DNA in another game that Platinum has made for the Wii U that we'll talk about very soon. Uh, it's just oozing Beautiful Joe, the aesthetic and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Uh, so you can very much tell that there's a connection there. And one of these games uh, called Dead Phoenix. You can continue. Yeah, I mean, I need to do some research. That's okay. So now if you uh, if you look at Dead Phoenix, I know this is like we're in kind of like a conspiracy territory here. Yeah. This is this is really cool. So if you look up Dead Phoenix, if you watch a video of it, and then you also watch a video of Scalebound, you, like you had mentioned, um, I hate to use the word, but the DNA is all over it. Can I say that on the show? Yeah. The DNA is all over it. Yeah, it sounds, yeah. sounds pretty nasty. But anyway... Um, yeah, it, you could you could definitely see some similarities there. So and, and even more so because they were both canceled. <laughs> so it is it's just that is funny. So I hope I I hope they do something with Scalebound. I think there's some really good potential there. Yeah. So um, Dead Phoenix. If you ever look at old footage of it. Uh, you can see like old trailer footage of it. Um, it kind of gives, and I mentioned this uh, as I was watching, like kind of like Kid Icarus Uprising vibes. Yeah, Uprising. Uh, it looked very much like that. Uh, I'm trying to figure out who developed Dead Phoenix or who was developing Dead Phoenix because that that's sort you of don't, like the, you, you don't think I, it was internally developed by Capcom? Well, no, because a lot of the like Killer Seven that's a Suda game. Uh, and now they may have been like, um, companies that were, that were 
part of or like different development groups gotcha. that then spawned away yep. they left capcom so i'm just trying to see if there's a, a way to fully draw the connection between dead phoenix and uh scalebound yeah <clears throat> i mean just looking at them you can see there is yes you there, can see that there connection. is a clear connection because it does have the big beasties uh and it does have one of the big beasts i think it showed two in the trailer yeah right. and one of them being very much a dragon right uh but the look and feel is, is all there so it's really interesting to see what else they're going to have in store for uh for the first announcement of the four it was the announcement of wonderful 101 coming to kickstarter and that is a I think that's a very bold move on their part to put one of their games and not fund it themselves. So to put the funding on on the people, I think that's almost uh, like I said, it is very a very very bold strategy, especially because Tencent is backing them now, and I just I don't know I find it kind of kind of skeezy in 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 that way. Now, uh, very, yeah. So it just kind of, kind of, kind of grosses me out when, when, when they do that. When they, they're proof of concepting, at the, at at the best, they are proof of concepting in order to get in uh, additional private funding. That's basically what it is. At the worst, they're leveraging a platform that's intended for independent, uh, small business, uh, struggling artists, like like. It's who need that help, who need the assistance, who need the platform, not only for marketing uh, and making themselves more aware to the to the grander scale, but also getting the actual funding. Platinum don't need the funding. They, they got Tencent. Right. They they definitely don't need the funding. So this um, this Kickstarter launched and within a day, I think it was already at a million dollars uh, funded. Um, and to kind of put it into perspective, the the initial goal I believe was about $50,000 for the Switch version. And they nailed that out of the park. So, and that is an incredibly low dollar amount to have for a a goal. That almost leads me to believe that this was already well, pretty was much done amount? with a little bit. What was that dollar amount? 50k. Right, that don't make no sense. It doesn't make any sense. So that's that low of a goal. Oh, maybe fifty k in yen is one hundred one. I think K it's yen. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe they're just a play on yen versus dollar. I think it's just such it, a low dollar amount yeah. that it's almost like this is just already something that they already had. It could be like one million, uh, ten thousand yen. I don't honestly. I don't think it's a play on anything. I just think it's just a number that they put out there. Yeah. Because all the other name numbers make sense, like well, two hundred fifty thousand, five hundred thousand, whatever. It kind of shows like their lack of confidence. I don't think it's lack of confidence. I think they knew they were going to do it, which is why they had it that that number so low. They knew they were going to hit that goal. Maybe they wanted to hit a uh, record like a kickstarter record like first to be funded like quickest game to be funded within x number of time no, I, I don't know and maybe there's some of that but I, I don't know i just think the whole thing is kind of skeezy and and kind of garbage is. um but anyway it, the, the entire thing was backed within a day i think it was even backed within a few hours for this wonderful 101 
I don't, I'm not even a fan of, not a fan. I just don't like Wonderful 101. There are fan, there are people who enjoy it. That's fine. That's, that's your thing. But I just find it incredibly skeezy uh, for them to do this. Now, is this going to be a trend? I really hope it's not going to be a trend because there are games that definitely need this. Um, for example, uh, a game that I love and treasure, Divinity Original Sin 2. I think at this point, Larian Studios should never do a Kickstarter. That should be that was a Kickstarter project. I think they should never do one ever again. They're a big enough studio to be handling things on this like this on their own. Aha. Oh, continue. Sorry. <laughs> I so, found I found the the nugget. I'm I'm so happy for you, <laughs> uh, studio. <laughs> I, I won't say anything. I won't, I won't I won't break it on you. Um, but Larian Studios definitely did this. They should never do it again. I I really hope they'd never do it again. Uh, they definitely didn't do it with Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. So, um, other studios that have done it and done it successfully are uh, Yacht Club Games with uh, Shovel Knight. Uh, this is just off the top uh, of my uh, head. Look. Perfectly fine for wasteland. Companies. Even even Larian, which is fairly big, but still you know indie enough, and not anymore. No, not anymore. Even if they were to do something again with Larian, as long as it as long as it seemed like they were actually taking a risk and wanted to sort of use Kickstarter to figure out if it if it is potentially viable, totally cool with that. But this is a remake of a game. Not not a remake, sorry, but like a porting of a game that people have been asking for. <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a Wii U game uh, that no one... Re- did people play this game? Yeah, people played it. Yeah, I it, don't know. It's a, it scored well enough, so it's not, it's not a bad game. Right. I, I, just, I just hope that we don't see this becoming a trend. Yeah. So, uh, with, with these AAA developers... Putting things on Kickstarter. Yeah. So I found a nice little. Uh, you connecting the dots here? I, I connected some dots here. So this is on fandom.com. Uh, it's the Resident Evil section of fandom.com. And they specifically talk about Capcom Production Studio 4, which is one of the main ones responsible for some of these Capcom 5 stuff. So let's see here. I'm going to read off pretty much verbatim uh, this little tidbit. And I'll point out some of the interesting stuff. Uh, So in 2001, Studio 4's development changed significantly at a press conference in which uh, Mikami, and this is Shinji Mikami, which a lot of you should know is a pretty important dude and has since left Capcom and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, offered the studio support for Nintendo's GameCube and announced the Capcom 5, a deal that would result in four AAA uh, Studio 4 titles. Wow, it was all made by Studio 4. Um, so five, they're saying four because one got canceled, which was dead Phoenix, uh, released first on the GameCube and PlayStation later would get some ports. The deal consisted of dead Phoenix, a 3d shoot 'em up killer seven, an action adventure game co-developed with grasshopper product. Number three, a science fiction, blah, 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 hero thing, resident evil, which is, uh, four of these, which uh shinji mikami directed and beautiful joe and product number three uh went to uh an individual called hiroshi shibata 
So, Hiroshi Shibata, uh, you may need to interrupt me because I, I didn't actually investigate further than this. <laughs> um, well, back me up. I'm going to back you up. <laughs> you, went, you went back to um, the Capcom 4, and um, I, I really, I'm wondering if, if these are all going to be ports or not. Um, I'm hoping that we get some new product out there and not straight up ports like um, Wonderful 101 is. And I hope they're not all going to be kickstarted projects. Please, for the love of everything, do not make this a proof of concept here. Because it will just, I think this will destroy a lot of what other developers are working hard for with publishers and, and all that stuff. And, and may, maybe it will be the new the new way of working getting public funding and i just think that's ugly really really ugly so back to the capcom four and a half yeah uh uh this this might be a bigger rabbit hole than i thought <laughs> in order to chase down all this information so a little bit too much speculation i'm gonna leave it at that uh swallow my pride and give up <laughs> other people that are a bit more dedicated can see if there's actually a direct connection but i will say I think there is a decent enough coincidence happening here. coincidence influence uh, yeah. yeah it's it, it's definitely definitely all there but yeah uh one for 101 is the game that's similar to beautiful joe like if you just look at the characters mm -hmm. the design of those characters it's straight out of beautiful joe the same aesthetic clearly the people the grasshopper studio um that worked on beautiful joe many of those people are the people that went into uh platinum games mm -hmm. or 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 formed the company or whatever there's clear overlap between those two sure so yeah I, I definitely see that um so yeah please don't let kickstarter be the new thing for these for I, big triple a i stuff. would consider these guys triple a that's just i don't know it's just I, it doesn't sit well with me they're close enough to triple a yeah definitely the um, last thing we want is like activision could you money, imagine the money grubbing people that they are <laughs> could you imagine that that'd be terrible just blizzard Showing off their next game on Kickstarter. Oh, the day that Blizzard shows <laughs> off a game on Kickstarter. I will vomit. It will be Diablo Immortal. That oh, my <laughs> on Kickstarter. It'll be worse. It'll be Warcraft re three reforged again. Again. Edition. Twice times vanillaware. Because they couldn't get it right the first time. Alright, so now, listener question. We do have a listener question from our Discord channel. This is Trifra Tri. Fragger, he is also one of our staff members. He asked the question, where did the fun in gaming go? Everywhere I look, it's metrics, scores, and flaws. What happened to celebrating positives? Have we jumped the no game is good enough anymore? Shark. Hmm. Um I I think it's it's definitely important to have fun in gaming. Um that's really the ultimate ultimate goal, right? Yeah. Uh we all want to we all want to have fun. Um, but the, the, the problem is, and especially in the position that we're in, in fact, the position that, that Mike is in as well, uh, is that we are here to kind of inform people. Obviously people, there's so much information out there. You can, you can inform yourself. You can formulate your own, your own opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but sometimes we are in a position where we can give that opinion out ahead of time. Or formulate our own opinion, and that, and and we build up enough of a relationship 
and people tend to know our our tastes that if hey you know if he doesn't like that or if he likes that game maybe our our tastes align maybe maybe I won't like that game either so what what, what I'm trying to get at is I think we're we're we we oh I don't want to say I don't want to say I don't want to. I don't want you to feel like I'm on a high horse here, but I, we kind of. It's it's almost like an obligation. Like we owe it to people to to tell them our opinion, whether the game is flawed or not. Um, whether, and to point out those flaws. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, I, and I think that's that's important yeah. um, to to kind of do that. Now, and there's so many examples of this, right? For example, uh, the frame rate issues in Breath of the Wild did not bother me whatsoever, and they they kind of fixed it. Uh, eventually through like I think second or third patch. But it's important like to that. to mention but, those things. Yeah, you gotta mention because for some people, some issues, some flaws will be a deal breaker for them and some issues absolutely won't. And they'll be a deal breaker for me but they won't be for another person. It is a disservice to talk about games without mentioning their flaws or mentioning things. Even if we don't perceive them to be a flaw, they could be perceived as flaws by others because those are things that really bother other people but wouldn't necessarily bother us. Uh, and everyone, even if the game was for free, it, it, it has a cost to people, right? So, you know, we can't just willy-nilly celebrate everything because... We wouldn't get nothing. Would get done. We wouldn't be right. able to get. We wouldn't be able to identify. There'd be the no progress that, in the, anything. Well, we wouldn't be able to sort and identify the things that are truly worth our time, our own personal times. However, we gauge that versus other things, and we would just the deluge, right? Uh, like just imagine the we shovelware, <laughs> those nightmare days. And there, there being no way to assess the quality of things and to sort of rate things against one another, we would just play all these awful, awful, awful products, these awful things called software that, that were being pitched to us as games but weren't. Mm -hmm. uh, we would just be playing them because we had no way, no one was providing that critical analysis to them, letting us know uh, as consumers, as, as people willing to invest our money and more importantly our time into these products like we got to know if it's worth that right some people their time isn't as valuable to them but money is and some people money isn't as valuable to them but time is but either way <laughs> we have some degree of of uh some, some responsibility we, we do have a responsibility as uh, critics and as people that uh, influencers and yeah, stuff like yep. that to sort of let people know the nuances uh, and both praise the goods. Absolutely. But also yeah, point out the flaws or other things. And, and what is a flaw? I mean, sometimes we could, you know, review something and just men get, get fixated on a particular subset of flaws because flaws are very great ways to explain why something isn't going to be worth your time uh or or to because the flaw is concrete right it's easy to explain that hey this thing is is uh not going to review so well or i'm not going to review something so well because the controls are clunky and and non-responsive or there's low frame rate mm. low resolution it's blurry graphics mm -hmm. uh just the general game design the dialogue flow right there's so many things 
but not all games get everything wrong and get everything right. Uh, it's just some games will have like weird bugs. Some games will have bad dialogue, but great gameplay mechanics. So we, we don't know, but we got to point these things out because some people like good dialogue. Some people can write off bad dialogue and be like, ah, whatever, because the gameplay is good, right? We don't know. Our tastes are going to be different from other people's. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. There are people that are in um, kind of a, a vocal minority out there, and especially if you're in the Twitter land, you're going to see a lot of those people complaining um, and squeaky you, wheel. Yep. The squeaky wheel always gets its grease. And and, 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 and maybe that's more of of, of Mike's issue um, where people are kind of, you know, just really complaining for the sake of complaining for the sake of attention for that sort of stuff i'm not i'm not entirely sure where where he's kind of going from so um just don't don't you know put your finger in the air right gauging like like the direction of the wind and stuff like that on anything internet related right it's like it's like the the worst barometer ever invented (laughs) was like twitter and social media like in terms of 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 well yeah in terms of anything but i mean in terms of this for sure the best thing you can do is to go to you know i i hate to say it 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 seems heavily biased but uh i wasn't in you know these types of positions of reviewing games and stuff like that and talking mm-hmm. about games and being an influencer and stuff like that uh for far longer than i have been in this particular position of being an influencer and reviewing games and stuff like that and when i was not in this position i was listening to people who were in this position because i trusted their because they respected <laughs> they respected the industry they they respected games enough to criticize it and why do they do that? Because they loved it. Right. right. And their taste probably aligned with yours as well. Well, you pick and choose mm-hmm. who you want to sort of align yourself towards. That's why there's so many different kinds of influencers. Different because, outlets out there. Because they, uh, certain people gravitate towards uh, certain people and, and others to others. And and that's, you know, people like to have their own flavor of a influencer. And that's that's great. Like people need, people have different tastes, right? That That's variety. Variety is the spice of life. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, uh, Mike, I hope we answered your question. Um, I think we did. Uh, stay away from social media. It's dangerous. <laughs> it, it is dangerous. And it's definitely not a place where if you want a good, concrete, like non-biased opinion. Um, I mean, all opinions are essentially that's really Cur- what they are. Yeah. It's Curators biased. have existed for for like hundreds, thousands of years and curators will still exist right uh for that reason because you know we are sorting through the the sea of poo <laughs> in order to find this this the this, golden nugget the golden nugget right the golden poo nugget like in uh, if you collect all the korok seeds isn't that your gift I yeah think the I, golden poo yeah that's, yeah that's terrible um but yeah thank you very much for your question and don't forget everyone you can leave yourselves a question uh, by emailing us at podcast at switchrpg.com or going on our Discord uh, server in the podcast channel or tweeting at either one of us. You can tweet at me at the Nerd Basement, tweet at Johnny at Punk This Studios. Yeah. So yeah, you could you could get get to us however you'd like. Um, some upcoming games for the next week. We have one. Please the gods. Please. 
Um, and I think we kind of mentioned this is kind of an RNG type of dice battle game. Um, if you're looking for any sort of gameplay, uh, we do have it on our YouTube channel. By the time this posts, I'll have it up there. It's not up there right now. Um, but yeah, it's it was it's an okay game. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's it's. Uh, I don't know. It's an okay game. Is we I think we did a better job of explaining it last week. So go to last week's episode. Yeah, go to last week's. <laughs> so yeah, please the gods. That's February third. Um, and kind of for our last hitter of the episode, I have a question for you, Johnny. Oh. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even. Oh, go. Oh, what? Okay. Are you okay? I completely forgot about this. Uh, this is the one I like immediately. Yeah. Okay. You, you know what? Since you immediately thought of it, I'm not even going to answer. I'm this. asking you a question. So, no. 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 That's <clears throat> that's not how this works. Why can't I ask you a question? Because I don't. I'm not prepared for this. Oh, <laughs> you had. I so came up. Many... I came up with a question. Okay. That's as far as I went. All right. All right. <laughs> so, um, and actually, this was a topic. I want to say this was like a topic on the podcast podcast episode 20 or something like that. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I don't even remember what my answer was. Um, but the question is, what non-RPG game would you turn into an RPG and how? So basically, what subgenre of RPG would you make it? Or what would you do with it? How would you transform it? All right. So immediately what came to my mind first is... Uh, Zelda. Awesome. Episode over. Fighting game. <laughs> a fighting game. Yeah. Okay. Now... And there actually has been uh rpgs that play very similar to fighting games so there's some precedent for this uh kind of but um it depends on what part of fighting games you're trying to mimic so there's a huge variety of of fighting games and ways to present fighting games so for example are you talking like a classic arcade like a street fighter or mortal Kombat, or are you talking smash brothers fighting game kind of that style there it's so like because yeah, that like, kind of like, already like exists in the arena sumo wrestler style fighting game versus uh the traditional sort of kill each other's health bars okay style game uh the i mean they're they're close enough to being similar uh and i would say that there's been some rpgs that kind of already do did this somewhat for example zelda 2 <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out. Side scroll, yep. combat, yep. One on one, yeah. And it's very much uh, a close combat system, and you are dodging. You are trying to block areas, right? High, low, not an intricate. No, no, I mean, we're talking early NES days here. But this wasn't like, uh, it was action-oriented, right? Real-time, action-oriented, and it was very nuanced. You had to block high hits. If the the opponents could have shields on them, and you could have to uh, attack low if they were blocking high, or attack high if they were. So, what what RPG mechanics would you add to that? Like how how would like are you going to that? Now, what I'm saying. Oh, okay. We want to take like what I want is the hardcore uh, fighting game experience put into RPGs. Now, how would you how would you do do that? Like, would you go with the like a strength, intelligence, that sort of stat system, or no, oh, no, stat systems are that's, that's, antiquated. That's the way of the. Use, that's the old way. That's the old way. There's so many better ways to do that. So, but, yeah, you could do that. You could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but 
uh, yes, yes. Uh, but I would do it in a way that uh, Tales of Abyss uh, handled their stats. Now, it was more so important with their agility, uh, but that could combine in kind of a smash, I think a couple of the smash games, uh, but uh, when you're playing the single player modes of the Smash games, yeah. uh, you spirit could, mode. Uh, yeah, you could actually like enhance the capabilities of your character, make them deal even more damage uh, by changing what they have equipped. I think the 3DS one for Smash Four had like sticker stuff that you could sort of equip to your character that would that would enhance like if you want them them to jump higher, right? So a stat would be jump, right? or yeah, jump becomes even higher or high or punch or low block. punch or and, block longer when you're blocking right uh let's say there's a stamina system you're not wasting you're not depleting as much of your stamina on the block or uh some fighting games you get a little bit of damage so you further reduce that damage or more importantly frame data what do you mean frame data well that's that's the bread the that that is the, the holy creme de la grail. creme that's the creme de la creme All right. of fighting games is the frame data right 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 okay so for example you could improve like if you improve your agility it's not you're not playing with agility in this rpg fighting game you're playing with frame data frame that's data. your stat that's how nerdy we are yeah so you could like <laughs> reduce your end lag okay. you could increase your hitbox retention and your iframes and you could yeah you could increase your iframes your your dodge frames right uh you could shrink your hurtbox you could increase your hitbox right uh so these types of Things, these underlying mechanics that developers have been playing around with and having so much fun with, uh, you know, let's 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 unshackle uh, the developer stranglehold on these fighting game RPG mechanics that already exist. They are, they already and, pl- exist and play with them in fighting games. It's already there in fighting games. Right. Let turn it into a mechanic that the end consumer can play around with. And oh man, that would be a blast! Like like I I level up or I get points because I I killed enough people or beat up enough people or whatever. Right. And all of a sudden I'm like, hmm, my my important decision is, do I want to make my special attacks like, uh, you know, maybe I could change the pattern of the special attack. Uh, so instead of a, a, a Hadouken going straight Goes horizontal, right. maybe it does an upward angle. Maybe it does an arc. I can. Harduken arc, Arkuken. Harkuken. I like yep. it. Yep. I like it. Uh, and would you do it like a tournament uh, kind of style or like? So here's the thing. You could totally immerse the player. Like the world doesn't need to be as grandiose. They could they could do like something more traditional. You're, you're exploring the world and on this big giant epic quest. Or you could do something so silly as character creator and you are like a wrestler. <laughs> okay. So maybe the WWE or, games are kind of. Or an of, MMA fighter. Yeah. All right. Like what have you. But it's. And <coughs> and it's all about the the role playing mechanics would be like you are a character uh-huh. like, like a wrestler right, right they're, right, they're right. just characters they're they're putting on a person you have an avatar yeah and they're interacting and and their dialogue is like taunting other people <laughs> to challenge them to a match uh-huh. so that's your dialogue system is like I pity the fool that doesn't challenge me to the next bow for um, our younger audience. Uh, I pity the foo is Mr. T. Look it up. Um, 
it's not anything great. Oh, I thought I was. I thought that was my Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not Randy Savage. Yeah, Mr. T is our pity the fool. Um, Randy Savage is. That's my Savage. Snap it to a Slim Jim. <laughs> But see, here's the thing with this question, right? We want to say what non-RPG game would you turn into um, an RPG? The the, the problem is is that RPG elements or inspirations are pretty much everywhere. So it's really hard to to really find something um, and slap RPG really kind of hardcore, I guess, RPG elements into it. So it's it's RPG is kind of everywhere including zelda yeah, breath yeah. of the wild and, and i know i know i spent a <laughs> lot of time talking about like uh playing around with the bells and whistles stat sort of oriented stuff mm-hmm. of like frame data and stuff like that i know i talked a lot about that about that but the stuff that's more exciting is the immersion part right that to me is like the big part of rpgs is selling this immersions feeling like you are a whatever character mm-hmm. uh inside of this whatever world and having some degree of agency within this world and being able to influence it according to your character build, decisions you're making, dialogue choices, etc. Well, I'll bring it back to uh, uh, the very beginning of the episode when I talked about which uh, Thronebreaker. You could essentially do it like that, where you have an overworld, right? Um, and your battles are fights, um, kind of your 1v1 fights or yeah. how, however you want to do it. Where in Thronebreaker, it's a card battle. All right, now you're going to have a 1v1 fight battle. Yeah. And your minutia or your stats are, are, are affecting those little, those frame, the frame data, as you call it. So it, it, it could happen. Yeah. And look, the Tales franchise is pretty much exactly what I'm talking about. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it's not. it is. It's, no, it's pretty not. much a, a fight. If you ever played the, the early Tales games, like side scroll, action, combat system. Uh, it was basically an RPG fighting game. Right. That's that's what tells. That's pretty much how tales what it breaks started. down to. Yeah. 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 So oh, but- you could you could block, right? Mm-hmm. It was action oriented. It wasn't turn based. It was action oriented. Although you could pause the action, uh, but it was action oriented. You had to block attacks. You could jump over the enemy. Uh, side scroll. The some iter- many of the iter- early iterations were purely side scroll. Right. Uh, even the 3D ones, like Tales of Symphonia, that one had a linear action combat system where it still was side-scroll. Right, but what you've said is is uh, really getting down to the nitty-gritty, kind of the, yeah, the finer frame, detail. The finer details, the frame data, you know, parrying, blocking, stuff right. like that. that. That stuff is not in, in Tales, uh, uh, to, no, a, yeah, to yeah, an extent. Yeah, exactly. Going down to those level, that level of hardcore <laughs> mechanics. But, um, you know, arguably... Uh, the Souls games, Dark Souls especially, is very fighting game esque. Mechanics yeah. are in that because when you're, you are actually kind of like frame data aware when it comes to Dark Souls, especially when you have to like dodge something. Uh, those iframes are an important thing that you are worrying about. And it's a stat that you can actually manipulate in Dark Souls, right. both with your carrying capacity or wearing like gear. That can augment that, like a that ring, the dark wood ring. There's so many rings, I don't even know. There was like one ring in particular that can make you roll real good. Real good. Real good. Just be, just be naked. You'd be, you'd be no, it, rolling very good. You take it takes it to a step further. Being oh, naked. Wow! Holy, that's that's incredible. Yeah. That's going to wrap up today's episode of the Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Mike for sending in your question. Keep them coming. Remember, you can listen to the show each and every week at switchrpg.com, or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. 
If you listen on an app, please give us a rating and review. We want to climb up those charts. We ask that all the time. It takes two seconds. Please do it. All right. And finally, remember, you can head over to SwitchRPG.com for all your RPG needs for the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, see you later. Sega, make F-Zero. Ha, ha, ha.